thank you for tuning in for episode three of the Bodybuilding Dietitians podcast. I am Jack. And I'm Tiara. And yeah, thanks again for tuning in. We'll start off by just running you through our weeks and what we've been up to. So I'll let Tiara begin with that. Okay, so the last week has been a pretty standard week, I guess, uh, since we've been on holidays. I've just been working a lot had quite a few PT clients, training in the gym. Luckily the sun came back here in Brisbane so I got to go swimming a few times at the UQ pool which was nice as well. And yeah, we also had Christmas Day yesterday so Merry Christmas to everyone for yesterday. We're recording this on Wednesday. I hope you guys all had a really fantastic day with your family and your friends. I think it was one of the best Christmas days weather-wise that we've had in quite a few years. For the past few years it's been quite muggy and very humid, but luckily this year the temperature, how hot was it yesterday? I think it got up to around 30 degrees, but it didn't feel that hot. Yeah, it was nice. It wasn't too humid and we could jump in the pool, which was good. So Jack, how was your week? Yeah, mine was pretty standard. I'm not training at the moment, as you know if you've listened to the other podcasts, but uh, some exciting news is that I am going to start training from tomorrow, so Thursday. Uh, It's been about over four weeks now since I trained last and yeah, as you can imagine, I'm pretty keen to get back into it. So yeah, I thought I'd run you through my plans and how I, I guess, plan to go back into training and what I plan to do. So I guess Jack and I thought it would be good today to give you guys the full story on what Jack's been through for the past six months in regards to his back injury. And just so he can give you guys a bit of a heads up, if you do start to experience pain or the onset of an injury, how to tackle it at the start so it doesn't exacerbate into further issues down the line. So Jack, going way back to the start, when did you initially hurt your back? So I finished my competition prep in May and I managed to do a full training cycle of around 12 to 16 weeks until I finished uni or finished uni holidays, which is around July, um, end of July. And that, so between May and early July, I was training normally post-competition prep. So intensity was high, volume was incremental as well throughout the training block. And I guess I just noticed that throughout that period, especially after leg days, my back would get quite sore. And I guess that's quite an expected feeling considering I'd just done a prep and still very lean, still hormonal levels were probably all over the place. And so had anything changed in your training during this time? So between when you ended competition prep and you were coming out into your improvement season, had you added in any new exercises? Yeah, so I had added in deadlifts, which I'd never done properly before. I have done RDLs quite regularly, working up to quite heavy weights for those, but I've never done full blown deadlifts and I guess my leg days were pretty damn hard as well. So I would usually do squatting, then heavy leg press, then dumbbell RDLs, then hip thrusts or something like that. So quite a few compound movements. I would usually do around six to eight movements, six movements, not including calves and then eight with calves. So yeah, it was pretty full on, but I don't think that was probably, yeah, I'm not sure, still not sure now what is the issue with my back, but that's around when it started, around late July. And I guess the, the common symptoms were just quite painful sitting down. Once I, when I wake up, it's usually all right. And then it progressively gets more sore and achy throughout the day. When I try and squat or do anything like hip hinge, so squatting, deadlifting, hip thrusting, 
RDLs, it basically just gets really, really sore and achy. So So when you initially realized that it was hurting, what was the first step you took? Did you try to train through it or did you see a physio? What did you do? So it actually started hurting like the I guess the the day of the injury was actually in a deload leg day. So I wasn't even doing anything that heavy. It was like hundred kilo squats or something. And yeah, from there it got really sore. And I basically went to a physiotherapist two days after that. And he basically diagnosed me, I guess diagnosed if that's the correct term, but with something called anterior pelvic tilt, which is where your stomach is basically in putting it into like a, like a hyperbolic nature. It's like Donald Duck. So your uh, stomach is pushed out a lot and your butt is sticking out. So it's sort of like that classic tilt of your pelvis. And what I thought was the issue with this diagnosis, guys, was that anterior pelvic tilt. Well, yeah, a common, I guess, part of anterior pelvic tilt is that your glutes are weak and your erector spinae, which your back muscles are tight and your hip flexors are also very tight as well. But when Jack told me this, I was like, Jack, there's no way that you have weak glutes because the amount of weight that he was hip thrusting, even during his prep and especially the weeks you know, before he even started prep. And also with anterior pelvic tilt, they say that you have weak hamstrings as well. And with Jack's RDLs getting up past 140 kilograms, you know, for 10 reps or more, like I was like, there's no way that you have weak glutes and hamstrings, Jack. Yeah, well, yeah, it was a bit of a interesting diagnosis, but I basically followed that physiotherapist's plan for about six to eight weeks with little to no improvement. And I moved on to another physio who basically recommended to take some time off from the gym. So I took about two weeks off and symptoms did improve, except when I went straight back into exercise after that two weeks, uh, the back pain came straight back. So that was unfortunate. And then I went and saw another, another physio and they were started correcting me for an imbalance in my pelvic region. So. I was doing similar stuff to my first physio actually in which stuff like like single leg hip thrusts, hamstring strengthening stuff again and again it, like Tia and I both agree that doesn't really make sense considering my ham th- hamstrings and glutes are by no means weak. So yeah, I, I literally did that sort of stuff for months, like four so or five months. Mean, what do you mean by that sort of stuff? So on top of your training you were doing all of these, how long would these prescribed physio exercises take you during the day? I would do trigger balling and stretching as well to try and loosen up that area because I found that if I loosen it up, it does relieve the pain a bit. Um, but then on top of that, I would have to do the physio stuff, which would, in all in all, would probably take around about an hour. So I would train for around one and a half to two hours and have to do an hour of physio stuff. So combined with like uni and placement, yeah, it got pretty full on. But I, I managed to stick to it and yeah, managed, I don't know why I stuck to it for so long considering it didn't help. But And how did you have to adjust your training during this time? Because you would have had to take out those large compound lifts. So how did your training change, especially on leg days? So I basically can't do any non-back supported movement. So for example, I can't do bent over row, can't do deadlift squats. Can't do any, anything hip hinge or whereas my back isn't supported. On leg day, I'm pretty restricted to leg extension, leg curl, single leg hip thrusts, single leg leg press. Even if I go heavy on leg press, it'll start to hurt my back a bit. So that's why I do single leg so I can try and overload. So I just have to be smart, especially when I come back to training in, because I'm probably going to be dealing with, with this indefinitely because we 
basically don't have know too much about what's going on and try and reap as much hypertrophy as possible whilst doing stuff that doesn't aggravate my back. But I guess the benefit with hypertrophy training is that it's not very, you can do a whole lot of stuff to reap muscle gain without having to stick to squats and deadlifts. Although those probably are arguably the best movements, you can still get away with not doing them. So um, yeah, I hope some other people can learn from this as well who have injured backs or injured other muscle groups as well. But So when you realized that all these physio exercises weren't working after months, what was the next step that you took? So in between this time I had an MRI, which is just a um, magnetic radio imaging scan. And that basically takes a scan of your muscles and bone structure. And I went in and saw a sports doctor to try and help me out with reading it because the, the person who read it after the imaging was very, very vague in their description of what the issue was. And again, she wasn't 100% sure of it, what the issue was, but she thought it might be related to my facet joints something like premature arthritis or just a damage to the facet joints. And yeah, I after that, after her recommendation, I took around, took a course of NSAIDs, which are basically anti-inflammatory medication and also took some, yeah, the four weeks off from the gym and sure, my back, there's a lot of peaks and troughs, so it gets better for a week, it again gets worse, so on. There's never a time hasn't gotten better completely. So after four weeks of ups and downs, I've just decided to go back to training. Sure, I could maybe take another two months or three months off and hope that it might get better, but I'm not really willing to take that risk. And like, I could wait another two months and it could be exactly the same if it's something like premature arthritis. So yeah, I'm just gonna go back to training, try and do as much as I can without making it hurt further and yeah, go from there, so. So what is your plan of attack? So tomorrow you're gonna step into the gym for the first time for the last four weeks, which should be really exciting. I'm excited to have you back. And what what are you gonna do tomorrow in the gym? So I'm just gonna take it easy to start off with probably like a, a light full body day because I'm gonna get sore regardless, <laughs> um, considering I've been out for so long. And yeah, I, I did an Instagram post last week, I think about what my food intake was like, but it's around 400 carb, 80 fat, and 275 protein. So considering I've been doing pretty much no exercise, I'll just increase that probably by about 50 carbs and go from there and probably have two full body days on Thursday and Saturday, and then go back into a scheduled five-day split on from next week and just see how I'm feeling as well. And But considering my back isn't really that much better, I can probably get back into things really quickly. Cause like if, if my back was feeling really good now and it was like, like I thought it might be healed, then I would go back in very, very slowly, to try and not re-injure it. But seeing as I haven't really had any improvement, I guess that doesn't really apply, so. So what sort of exercises can you list off the top of your head that won't aggravate your lower back? So say for chest, I can pretty much do all chest movements. I just have to watch the arch in my back. So. Say when I, if I do flat bench press, I have to put my feet up on the bench as well to ensure that my back remains flat. But other than that, I can pretty much do any seated movements, any movements when I'm lying on my back. So chest, chest press, all the machines, uh, cable flies. For back, I can do lat pull down, chest supported seated row, chest supported dumbbell seal row, any chest supported exercise really. And for legs, I can do yeah, like I said before, leg extension, leg curls, single leg hip thrusts, 
And I guess at this time, taking advantage of things like BFR training. and Yeah, so I, I'll definitely implement um, BFR for legs at least one day a week, and I'll probably implement some uh, German volume training for legs as well, once a week as well, one on each leg day, just to maximize volume and maximize intensity whilst not having to go super heavy. So, And I guess this will actually work really well for our first question as well, because having to alter my training so significantly will, to be honest, it does alter my goals a bit in what I want to do. So um, our first question is from uh, Lucas. So thanks Lucas for asking it, but it is, how far do each of you plan to take body fit building as athletes? Okay, so I guess Jack, you can just carry on. So with your injury, but this is the thing. So how far do you plan to take bodybuilding as an athlete, let's say, Let's say that this isn't a chronic issue and it is going to go away. Let's say that it never happened. How, like, where do you see yourself in the future as a bodybuilder? I was thinking about this question a bit and my, I don't plan to make money from bodybuilding, maybe indirectly through my, like what my job is, but basically I plan to, cause I love training so much. I just plan to train as I do normally do. So very hard, very goal orientated in what my, like lifts are gonna be and how much I wanna, weight I wanna gain, etc. So I'll plan to just keep following that lifestyle indefinitely and obviously I'll put on muscle as a result as a result of that and I'll decide to do shows, how I go from there. Cause it's such a genetically based sport. I think that obviously I wanna, I'm a competitive person as well. So I wanna do the best I can, but I don't, I don't have it in my mind to like go to the Olympia or like uh, so are you saying that you're going to stay natural? <laughs> yes, of course. But yeah, I sort of said that quite poorly, but basically I want to do the best I can without it dominating every aspect of my life, if that makes sense. What, well, what division do you see yourself in? Or are you saying that you want to take a responsible approach, live the lifestyle, and then see in a few years where your physique is and then which category you fit in best? Yeah, that sums it up much better than what I said. But the other aspect is that because my training has been inhibited, I'm not sure as well if I'm going to be able to do bodybuilding because obviously I want to be as competitive as possible. And if I can't do even like heavy leg press squats or deadlifts or RDLs, then I might have to go to a different division such as like muscle model or men's physique. And I don't think you're gonna go to men's physique. Your legs are way too good to go to men's physique. <laughs> yeah, but if I don't, the thing that we need to accept as well is that if I'm res- very restricted in my leg training, then in 10 years or even in, in a couple years versus someone who can optimize their leg training I'm I might be behind them or I might not we don't know yet so we'll just have to wait and see whereas my upper body training isn't really restricted that much so I can go as hard as I want really yeah I guess guys I just like to be optimistic with these things (laughs) okay so I guess Lucas I'll answer your question so how far I plan to take my bodybuilding career as an athlete just like Jack I am a very competitive person and I want to do this for the rest of my life very competitively. I haven't chosen exactly which federation I want to compete with. This next competition season, I'm going to try out the IFBB because I know that the IFBB leads into the Olympia. And I honestly see myself one day in the future, you know, even if it's five to 10 years from now, competing with the top 
ranks and the bikini pros because I know I have what it takes and I have the love and the passion and the discipline it takes for this sport. However, I'm not sure if I want to become a IFBB bikini pro or if I want to move into the WBFF Federation because I really love the idea of competing with the WBFF as well. So before I set anything in stone, and I know I'm so young, I'm still only 21 years old and I have many, many years ahead of me, I'd really like to give both federations a shot and then decide which one I fit into better. Personally, I think with my genetics and my build, I'd probably fit into IFBB a bit better um, for their bikini ranks compared to WBFF because WBFF female competitors, they are a little bit curvier and unfortunately I know that I do have more of a lanky build and it will be very hard for me to put on enough muscle mass um, and to have that more curvy kind of shape like a Lauren Simpson or a Rachel Dillon. So I guess to sum it up, I want to be very competitive in the future and that's what I plan to do. I feel like I'm already in this game so I can't pull out now and I don't want to because I absolutely love it and I'm willing to give it everything. So yes, I want to be a pro. All right, so next question, Jack, what would be your dream job and why? So uh, Tierra and I are basically already working towards our dream jobs and in doing our Masters of Dietetics, and we have now have our ISAC skinfold accreditation to take skinfolds. And we're also planning to do our sports dietetics course as soon as possible upon finishing our masters so we can become sports dietitians. And with that, we can basically do whatever we want. I can speak probably on behalf of both of us in that we want to become uh, coaches for physique athletes. For at least some of our, probably for me, like I would want to dabble in a few different things, but definitely would like to work online and in person with um, physique athletes. So helping with them with their off season in optimizing their nutrition and training, and also obviously in the on season, so competition prep, so making sure people are again optimizing their training and nutrition, losing weight in using evidence based research. So what's the and also personalized as well so what's going to work best for that individual rather than just applying general rules for general population maybe on the side as well dabbling in some other private practice sort of area or private practice for sports dietetics so we i we both actually have our placement this year at a company called inspire health which is a collection of uh, sports allied health, so physiotherapists, exercise physiologists, sports dietitians. So we'll be able to get a lot of experience there and maybe work for them or something similar as well. So yeah, the the um, opportunities are endless for us as long as we put our mind to it and work hard. I'm sure we'll get um, rewarded for our work. So yeah, I can definitely back that up. That certainly my dream job is certainly to have a team of very competitive athletes from all around the world who I can be their coach and I can also compete alongside them and with them too. And I want to travel the world doing what I love. I, I want to compete and help other athletes compete at various shows internationally. I would love to speak at seminars around the world. I want to have my voice heard and I want to collaborate with people just worldwide. And I want to travel with Jack and 
I also want to have a house by the beach and I I want to work on my own time and I want to be my own boss and I want to train when I want and I don't want to have to necessarily answer to anyone anymore because I think again speaking on behalf of both of us after going through schooling for for example university for the last four years high school before that we've basically been in school our whole lives and working for other people our whole lives and man just the thought of working for yourself and being happy and doing what you want when you want and also being successful and helping other people achieve their goals that is certainly my dream job yes all right so next question ever get FOMO from things our peers take part in e.g festivals drinking drugs and parties so Jack do you have do you have a fear of missing out on taking drugs or going to parties? So you can probably already tell Tiara's answer from her tone of voice, but uh, yeah, this is something we definitely get asked a lot um, by our family. Maybe not asked as much as told and scolded, but I guess we work very well together because we don't really have those sorts of fear of missing out. Yeah, the- I guess there's a difference between fear of missing out and just like not really being that interested in it. For example, I know that if I wanted to go to a bunch of parties or if I wanted to drink and get drunk every weekend or take a bunch of drugs, I can easily do that. That's a choice. (laughs) But it just doesn't sound very appealing to me. I would honestly, these things, I, I would have a fear of missing out on my life because I would always be drunk or taking drugs or... I think Tiara is going a bit over the top though in that not everyone (laughs) takes drugs and drinks and misses out because they do that. There's obviously a balance between things. Tiara, yeah. But um, there's definitely a balance in doing it the right way. And yeah, I guess it's just something that I've never really been that, I guess not interested in, but also, yeah, I'm just very goal orientated and and it's definitely not always a good thing as well like I wish I could probably relax a bit more and enjoy those sorts of things but I'm just sort of wired in that way that I'm go 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 and yeah not as much downtime or I do have downtime just in different areas like I would much rather watch a movie or something with Tierra than go out and drink so yeah everyone's just different like that yeah I would probably say the exact same thing so very goal orientated as well and I really care about my health and I want to live a really beautiful and wonderful and happy life and for 99% of that to experience it I want to be sober and (laughs) also I'm just thinking about financially as well I know a lot of people who work all week and kind of just work for the weekend so they can blow it all out on the weekend and they Jesus I've been out before with people and they just spend so much money on drinks it's crazy and yeah you dance and you have fun and I'm not gonna lie it's it's fun guys but you make sacrifices you know you don't just make sacrifices for your health and long-term health if you're doing it on a very regular basis but you kind of miss out on entire days. Like if you get really drunk on a Saturday night, you basically say goodbye to your entire Sunday because you're hungover and you feel like shit and you, you're you not in a very good mood and you don't want to go out and do anything. And then, you know, you go back to work on Monday for most people. I've always actually been able to have a lot of fun sober. 
So there's been many times where I've gone out with my friends maybe on a Saturday night and I love dancing. I, it's so much fun, but I can easily do it sober. And I've always felt like I can experience the best of both worlds because I can go out, I can stay out until like maybe 11 or 12, but I'm still able to catch the bus home, get a good night's sleep, wake up the next morning around, you know, seven or eight. And then I still have my entire Sunday. I can still run errands that day. I can go to the gym that day. I can study that day. I can go to work. I'm still fully functional, but I still got to have fun the night before. I just didn't have to get absolutely smashed drunk. I'm just going to disclaim what Tiara says and say, say that she's not talking about anyone in particular. No, I'm not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not. But yes, I guess for answering this question, no, I don't necessarily, it's a choice, you know? If I, I think if Jack and I both wanted to go to festivals, it's not like we can't, we easily could, and that could be fit in with our lifestyle, but I guess we just enjoy other things. Okay, so I think this will be our last question from Handel. Now, last question from Handel, best study tips, and how do I get biceps and a beard like yours? Like yours. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I do have quite a few secrets handle for my beard, Jack. <laughs> Seriously, though, how do you get biceps and a beard like yours? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's basically just genetics, unfortunately. So Genetics? Not that secret cream I see you rubbing oh, yeah. on your chin every night? <laughs> okay, um, best study tips. So, Jack, what are some of your best study tips? So, I think everyone works... Um, very differently in what's best for them. So personally, I sort of lock myself away in exam block and do as much as I need to do to feel like I'm ready for the exam. But definitely what works for me is like setting a goal each day and making sure I stick to that goal even if I feel like I'm ahead. So for example, if you learn a, le a week of content each day, so just one lecture, say if you, if you have one lecture per week, just learning one of those lectures each day of exam block, so if you stick to that, even if you feel like you're getting ahead, it's best just to stick to that course because if you don't, and then you just might keep making excuses for you each day. Whereas personally, I th and if you end up having more time before the exam to keep studying and revising, then I think that's just a win in itself. Yeah, definitely sticking to a routine. So like waking up and finding which time of day you study the best. So for me, it's usually in the morning. So I tend to wake up early, like around 6 a.m. in exam block and be very productive in the morning so I usually do quite a bit before breakfast and then making sure you set regular breaks for yourself as well for example I obviously go to the gym during exam block I usually um, take breaks to eat probably two or three times and being strategic with the gym as well because like Jack just alluded to study in your best time when you can concentrate the most and then in those kind of dead hours of the day, we all have them. So for example, I'm guessing yours would be in the afternoon, like yeah, two to evening, four. Yeah. yeah, where you just want to zone out. That would be the best time to train during the day because even if you don't train and you wanted to study all through, it wouldn't be very productive. Yeah, obviously what's probably the best for study is doing it throughout the semester, except I probably only know one person who does that and she's sitting next to me, so. <laughs> Guilty. No, but um, guys, that would be one of my best tips. So to do things in little chunks. So to start off with, I would highly recommend writing your notes in a book compared to typing them on a computer. 
Honestly, you will retain so much more information if you write it down in your own handwriting compared to just typing it up. And what I like to do, so for example, let's say when Jack and I were back doing our bachelor degree, if you had a certain course and you had like two or three lectures for that entire week, going to those lectures or watching them online, either one is fine, but writing down the notes in your notebook and then once a week, just reading those at night, you know, or it doesn't even have to be at night, any time you get free time. So I usually would take my notes on the bus or if I was going down to my parents and on the train for 45 minutes, or if you're going to work or something, read your notes for just half an hour per week. And it helps to retain that information and it accumulates over the weeks so that when you finally get to week 14, and it's swap back or you're approaching exam block, you've already been studying in little increments all semester. And then there's no reason to feel stressed because it really is just revision. It's not completely new information to you. And over the years of doing this, I've certainly been very de-stressed during exam block. And it feels nice because the people around me are always very stressed and sleep deprived and you know, people think that they completely need to cut out exercise during exam block when you, you would agree to this, wouldn't you? Like people would be a lot more productive with their study if they included some sort of physical yeah, activity definitely. in there. Like there's a lot of people at uni who are just, they don't sleep and their diet pretty much consists of energy drinks. <laughs> or the food trucks. That you yeah, or the food trucks and they're just studying all day. Or studying slash like, sitting in a group chatting <laughs> on their phones with their books open. But yeah, guys, my best tip would really be write your notes down and do small little bits throughout the entire semester. And then, yeah, just revise in exam block because you've got this. You've already put in the work. You already know it. And then just smash the exam. Yeah. All right, so those are all the questions. We still had quite a few more, but we're probably gonna start to wrap it up here. However, for our very last question before we head off, one thing that we learned this week. I'll let you go first, Tiaran. Okay, so one thing that I learned this week is that Mike Isratel was not lying when he said, you can seriously fuck yourself up by just doing squats and leg press. Now, I used to listen, I, I still do listen to a lot of Mike Isertel's podcasts when he's interviewed on different channels. And when he used to say this, he'd be like, you know, on leg day, I'll just do squats and leg press. And then man, I'm done. I can't do anything else after that. I would always think, what the hell? Like, how can you only do two exercises? Because this would have been a while ago, but I used to do a lot of volume for my training. Like on a leg day, I do squats, RDLs, leg press, leg extensions, leg curls, hip thrusts, glute kickbacks, like all of this stuff. And I wouldn't even get sore from it, but I just do a hell of a lot of volume. I really wasn't growing that much muscle at all. I was essentially just burning calories. <laughs> But what I've actually realized recently is that I don't need a huge number of exercises per se. Hey, Jack's biting me. <laughs> I don't need a huge number of exercises per session. I can seriously get away with three exercises on leg day. So I do squats, hip thrusts, and leg press. But by giving every single set my all, so using pretty heavy loads, and doing around four sets of 10 to 12 reps, 
Jesus Christ, I did that last Friday and I was sore up until Tuesday. Like I went way past my MRV from only three exercises and Jesus, What's yeah. What's MRV to Maximal recoverable volume. <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying, if you really train hard, you can screw yourself up from just doing two or three exercises. And I learned that the hard way and my glutes certainly did too. Just everything was sore. Everything was sore. And then I have to listen to Tiara saying she's very sore when I can't even train. So. <laughs> hey, but you're training tomorrow, so it's okay now. <laughs> I need someone to talk to and complain to about my glutes. <laughs> anyway, guys, okay, that's what I learned this week. Jack, what did you learn this week? So I finally tried Tiara's Lebanese bread pizza thingos that she makes all the time. <laughs> and she's always posting on Instagram and yeah, I don't know why I didn't try them after like months, but... I do. Mr. Stubborn. But yeah, I tried them and they're actually quite good. Really? <laughs> Are they? <laughs> so I'm... I guess that's what I learned this week and I'm trying, I'm having them for lunch today. So So please go on. Just how good are they? Probably like a six out of 10. A six. And, dear, sorry, was that 60 out of 10? <laughs> so what are you going to put on your pizza? Um, probably just keep it simple. So cheese, chicken, um, red onion. Pineapple? Yes. All right. Well, <laughs> Jack's going to enjoy a pizza and awesome. Okay. So we are probably going to wrap this up here, guys. But I guess the next time we speak to you will be in the new year. So 2019. I hope you guys all have a wonderful week between now and then and celebrate. And damn, 2019 is going to be an awesome year. And I guess we will catch you then. See you guys. All right. Bye.